In this session, I want to ask you, please, just to turn in your Bibles as we continue with this, uh, the books 1 and 2 Timothy and uh, the, uh, Titus that Paul wrote to these two young leaders of leaders, giving them instructions on what should be happening uh, in the church life that we may know how to conduct ourselves as God's people in, the, uh, in God's household, which is the church of God, the pillar and foundation of, uh, of truth. And I want us to read from uh, verse 9 of, of 1 Timothy 4, and it says this, This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance, and for this we labor and we strive. That we have, that we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, and especially the, of those who believe. And then he gives us these things that we need to command, and we need to teach. He says, command and teach these things. Don't look that anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect the gift which was given you through the prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress, watch, you, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And so we finished off yesterday or the last session where we we're talking about the task that uh, while it's uh, daunting in a sense, it's very uh, exciting uh, that, and we looked at those five things. I don't want to cover them again. And, but we want to pick up today and look at what we ought to be and what we ought to do. And I'm hoping I can cover quite a bit of this that, uh, in this session today. And he, he starts off by saying, in, in what we just read in 1 Timothy 4.12, set an example, be an example. So we are, first of all, to be an example. And he tells us in that 12th verse that we're to be an example in our speech and our life and our love in every area of our lives, basically, is what he's covering. He repeats that again and endorses that again in Titus chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, when he says, in everything, set them an example. So we are to be an example, uh, not just talk about, but be. And then he says in 2 Timothy 2, verses 20 through to 26, that we are to be people of noble purpose that God has uh, vessels of honor and vessels of, that are, are not honorable. And we need to be vessels of honor. And that uh, means that you've got to be a noble person. And uh, we'll cover some of that as we read on. And part of that comes to the third little point of what we're to be, to be a person of integrity. And I want us to read Titus chapter 2. We're to be pe pe persons of integrity. Titus chapter 2, just two verses. It says in verse 7 and 8, in everything, well, he said, let me pick up in verse 6. Similarly, similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good, by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about you. 
So we're to be people that set an example by the way we live, not only the way we talk. We're to be noble people in everything we do, and we're to be people of integrity. And that integrity is not only our life, it's our motives, it's how we preach, what we preach, how much we preach of the Word of God, what we say uh, with the uh, illustrations or stories that we may tell uh, while we're preaching. So that's the first thing, what we are to be. And then we want to move on and spend a little more time on this, on what to do. And he gives us some of those things following on from verse 13, uh, chapter 4, verse 13. And I'm just going to script quickly give, run it through them and tell you some of those things, and we'll come back and massage them a little. He tells us we need to give ourselves to the, to the public re- reading of Scripture. Come back to that in a moment. That we're to give ourselves to preaching. We're to give ourselves to teaching. We're to give ourselves to cultivating God's gifting upon in us uh, that we received uh, through the laying on of hands, prophecy, whatever the case may be, uh, then we also to cultivate God's gifting in us, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a cultivate boldness, a confidence in Christ. And we'll come back and I'll show you the scriptures to these. And then he gives us some things we are to pursue and then some things we are to flee or uh, avoid. Uh, and, and then he gives us some instructions that we're to keep. And then he tells us what to, we're to look for in future leaders and then to what to do and to teach, and then what we need as leaders to be dealing with. So I hope you get that. I went through that rather quickly, but let me just say it again. We'll give our attention to one, public reading of Scripture. Two, to preaching. Three, to teaching. Four, to cultivating God's gifting in us. Five, to boldness, confidence in Christ. Give ourselves to seeing that uh, develop in us. We, then he tells us some things we're to pursue, go after. There are other things we're to flee, avoid, get away from. He tells us, gives us some instructions that we are to keep. And then he tells us what to look for in leadership and future leaders, uh, and then what to teach and to do. And then he tells us things that we need to deal with. I don't know how much of that we can cover in this session, but we'll have a good go at it. So let's go back to the first one. Give our attention to the public reading of Scripture, not just bits and pieces of the Scriptures, but chunky portions of the Word of God. Uh, not just stories, but illustrations. Your illustrations or your stories, if we, you use stories, your illustrations need to be illustrating points you're making from the Word of God. Don't try and fit the Word of God in around your story. Let your story illustrate what the Word of God is teaching, that chunky portion that you're teaching. Uh, while it's good for us, because the King James Bible says, give yourself, or, uh, give your attention to uh, reading. Uh, uh, but uh, when you look at that context, and I just looked it up again in the Nestle Greek Testament, that word uh, uh, reading really does relate to Scripture primarily. But just let me just add, add to that and say, it, while it is good to read theolo- to increase our theological knowledge and understanding of God's Word, uh, through commentaries and through biographies and testimonies and theological books and church history, records uh, of revival and uh, what the church fathers had to say, all those things we can be good, but they need to be subordinate to the public reading of Scripture. 
I hope you, you grasp what I'm trying to say there. We need to know how to handle God's word. We need to know the negotiables and the non-negotiable. We need to understand the absolutes of God's word. Don't make things just relevant. They're, they're absolutes. These things are non-negotiable, and you and I need to know what they are, and, and we need to teach them. Preach public preaching, uh, public uh, reading of God's word. And then we've got to move on quickly to the next thing he tells them, not only to, to the public reading of Scripture, but to, to teaching, or preaching, I should say, to preaching, which he says in 1 Timothy 4.13, again, and the King James talks uses the word exhortation. And basically that preaching that we're to preach, when we preach as, as preachers, we as pastors, when we preach to our people, we need to be preaching encouraging things, encouragement. Uh, we need to be not condemning uh, the gospel is good news. Uh, it's not bad news. And so even when we're preaching on tough subjects, we can pre preach on them with encouragement, letting people know that God's not there to condemn them. He wants to convict them, to bring them out of that, uh, because he of his commitment and love to them. So we need to, uh, let me just read what Titus chapter 2 says here uh, in verse 1 quickly, a little bit of it here. He says, you must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. And then he, and, and that, that, this is so important. It's it, because preaching needs to in, uh, involve applying the Word of God to people's lives, which brings us to actually what teaching is. Teaching is the practical application, or doctrine is the app practical application of, of how to live. It's very important. This word teaching or doctrine, as the King James says, used the word in that 13th verse, but both translations, the New International and the King James, they both use doctrine ongoingly. And that word is used 22 times in these 13 chapters to these two young men, leaders of leaders. So doctrine is right doctrine. is so important because right doctrine produces right living, right behavior. And that's what Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through to 10 is trying to tell us. So, and he tells us that again in 1 Timothy chapter, chapter 1, verse 10 and chapter 6, verse 3. And Paul warns that in the end time, sound doctrine will be rejected. He tells us that in chapter uh, 2 Timothy 2, I'll read it to you, just uh, two verses, 2 Timothy chapter 4, I should say. He says, for the time will come, verse 3, for the time will come, when men will not put up with sound doctrine, that's the application, practical application of God's word into our lives, instead to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number, that scares me when I say a great number of teachers. This is not going to be just in the corner, hidden somewhere. There's going to be an abundance of a great number of teachers who, who will tell them what they want, their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, do the work in evangelist, decides all your duties, the duties of your ministry. So teaching, we, we're called to give ourselves, to devote ourselves to, first of all, the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, to teaching. And then he tells us also, 
Fourthly, that we are to cultivate God's gifting in us. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, uh, I'm going to read that to you. He also says similar things in 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Uh, but I'll read to you 1 Timothy chapter 4, and you pick up with me in the 14th verse. He says this, um, Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. I had to read that again because it's just so important. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, uh, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. So cultivate God's gift inside of you. Stir it up. Fan it into flame. Develop it. Uh, grow and mature in God's gifting. And then also he tells us, fifthly, that we're to grow and, and uh, go after and give our attention to being bold, our confidence in Christ. Uh, you can read that for yourself again. I just read it in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. God is, remember this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power, of boldness, and of a sound mind. So God's, the gospel is powerful. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 8, the last part of that, etc. The gospel is powerful. Let it loose. The gospel, that's the Bible, the good news of Jesus as recorded in the Word of God. That Christ died for this for us, that he was buried, he, he descended into Hades, he was raised by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's ascended into heaven, he's right at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. The gospel in itself is enough. Let it loose. Believe God's word again. Believe that God empowers his word more than he empowers your word. He wants to empower your word to the extent that your word represents accurately his word. I hope you get that. All right, trust God for these things. So we're to cultivate confidence in Christ. Um, we've got a high and high calling. High, high calling. Verse 9 of, of 1 Timothy chapter uh, 1 tells us that our calling is high, but we need to grow in our knowledge of him and be persuaded of his keeping power, as you look at in verse 12 of 2 Timothy chapter 1. Be persuaded in your heart, bold, confident, God's keeping power. And then... He tells us, he gives us a few things in 1 Timothy chapter 6, uh, from verse 11 to 16, things that we're to pursue, to go after, and, I, and then some things to flee. But I'm going to cover a few of those things that we're to go after. If you want to make a note of these uh, while you're listening, and you see them there, but he tells us to go hard after righteousness. And righteousness really means personal integrity. And then he tells us to go hard after godliness. And godliness means practical piety, that we are godly in our lives, in our speech, and our thought lives at every level. And then he tells us to pursue faith. And that means really not only putting, exercising our faith, but faithfulness. We need to be faithful to God, to his word. We need to be faithful to uh, the call of God on our lives, faithful to our families, to our loved ones, to our spouse. We need to be faithful to one another in the body of Christ. 
faithful to the truth of the word of God. And so we could go on. And then he goes on, he tells us to pursue love, the agape love, love that's willing to sacrifice and give for itself to others, for others. It's a, it's a giving love that he's talking about. Agape love is a giving love. It's not a, I want to get everything. It's a giving. It cares for other people. And then he says, go after patience. And patience carries the thought of, of uh, endurance, perseverance, keeping at it, uh, not quitting. Even when the going gets tough, that we carry on, we're patient, persevering, giving it, going the second mile if need be and turning the other cheek, all the things that Jesus taught us. We need to be patient. Go after that. He says, pursue it. And then he talks about pursuing gentleness. Remember, gentleness means power under control. It's not being weak. It's power under control. I think I've covered that in the first session. So he's telling us these are the things we need to go after, hound, like a hound, chase after them, go after them, be diligent in this, he tells us. And then he gives us some things to avoid. And we'll just have a quick look at some of those. He says uh, these in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 20 and 21, he tells us to avoid foolish talk. In 2 Timothy 2, verses 15 through to 18, he talks, tells us to avoid the profane. Now, profanity is the misuse of good and God words. Think about that for a moment. I mean, I, I hear people using God words like they would use them of chewing gum. I'm tempted to t say some of those words, but I'll leave it. People tell me, no, you, you're bringing us into bondage. But God words, the profanity is the misuse of good and God words. And then he tells us to avoid empty chatter. <clears throat> uh, and empty chatter, chatter is, is really... Uh, well, look, let me just say this. Sometimes our sharing times, when people, Christians get together and they're sharing, I want to tell you that some of the stuff that they, they're sharing, it, it's not doing us any good. It does more harm than good. And uh, remember this, that God says we're going to have to one day give an account of every idle word that we've ever uttered. In Matthew chapter 12, I think he says that. But let me just go back and look at the scripture here, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Um, the profane, the 15th verse, because I'm using the King James word there, but he says, do you, 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15, uh, verse 16, avoid godless chatter or empty chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. And so we, we've got to avoid that. And then false knowledge he talks about here. In other words, superior revelation. We need to stop acting like we know it all and we've got all this. You know, sometimes people tell me, God told me this, God told me that, God told me this, God told me that, God said this, I don't want to do that because God told me. Sometimes it, it uh, contradicts the word of God. But some people, it's like, I can't believe that God tells them this kind of stuff they tell, them, they tell me God told them to do. Um, it's false knowledge. Anyway, I, 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 I'm just being tempted to be naughty and I'm trying to avoid it. Then he goes on, he says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, things to avoid, 
Avoid arguments, contentious things. Don't get involved in arguments. Yes, we can discuss uh, with a desire to persuade, but we can't get involved in arguments. God is the one who must win for us what we're trying to show people or prove to people. Avoid arguments. But then he goes on, he says, but rather cling to sound words in the 13th verse of of 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1. And sound words really is health-giving words. Ephesians chapter 4 verse uh, verse 15 tells us to speak the truth in love. We need to bring hope, bring comfort, bring... when we're speaking to sound words or, or health-giving words, even when we speak about, uh, those are the things that help the Holy Spirit to be able to convict people and change their lives and bring correction. And then he tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, that we're to present truth. To present truth. Now, that means that there should be no deliberate misinterpretations of Scripture. If we say this is what the Word of God says, then we need to know that in its context, that's really what it means. That's true of the whole of the Word of God. That it's not contradicting the rest of the Word of God because we want to make a point or get people to do something. We've got to uh, present truth. No sloppy misinterpretations and no sloppy applications. uh, No text taken out of their context, etc. And then he gives us some instructions to keep. And we're going to look at those. One of them is to warfare with God's prophetic words spoken into and over our lives. And I'm excited to share that with you, but our time is gone. I'm going to pick up that in a third session. And may God bless you and help you. And I'm asking God, I pray this daily. God, the people that come under the sound of what I'm saying, please help it to be true in their lives and make them so effective, uh, so fruitful, and so blessed that they may have that blessing of God that makes rich and adds no sorrow resting upon them. And that's what I'm praying for you. And may God bless you. Thanks for your time. Yeah.